You're listening to a TVO podcast. Hi, Pippa. Hi, Karina. So, um, usually we do a cute kind of sidestep into the episode topic, <laughs> like do a little thing, but there's no, mm-hmm. like, I tried and there's no non-awkward way to set it up. So, um, I'm just going to say, let's talk about sex. Yeah, let's. Yeah, um, or I guess first, why we want to talk about sex. Well, because sex sells. Yeah, exactly. We want clicks. We need clicks. <laughs> We're giving the people what they want. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, so it's actually because uh, sex is really interesting. <laughs> the word sex is really interesting. It Get is. Get your minds yeah. out of the gutter, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's cool. This is probably a good place to warn listeners that this episode's going to acknowledge uh the existence of sex, obviously, yeah. and it also alludes to some swear words. Right. Um, so the word sex, in the way we mean it now, is actually pretty new. The verb to have sex is just short for to have sexual intercourse. Um, <laughs> and we didn't start saying sex as shorthand for sexual intercourse until the last hundred years or so. It was actually first attested in 1929 in the writing of D.H. Lawrence, who you might know is the author of Lady Chatterley's Lover. Very risque. Yes. And uh, by the way, intercourse on its own just used to mean communication or uh, like a social connection. I love that. Yeah. So the sexual qualifier came later, like around the 1800s. But I feel like the main reason we wanted to talk about the word sex is because it's one of the few big topics, along with drugs and alcohol and crime, <laughs> that drives a huge proportion of slang creation in the English language. Right. Yeah. So we love talking about sex, but only when we don't actually say we're talking about sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody apart from your family doctor is, is like coming out and saying, uh, did you engage in sexual intercourse? <laughs> it's like coitus. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to get all Latin about it, I guess. Or or um, fornicate. And then there's um, copulate. Yes. Or I guess like I relate this to prison for some reason, conjugal relations. Yeah, like a conjugal visit. Right, right, right. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. These are all very like hoity-toity proper examples, but I'm just thinking of, I mean, let's be honest, dozens more uh, informal slang phrases for <laughs> sex. Yeah, there's like... Um... I mean, there's banging, there's, like, boning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I I am thinking of one that I would never, ever use out loud, but for some reason it's in my head right now, and I just have to, like, say it to get it out. Bumping uglies. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I hate that. This one always grosses me out, but sexy times. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, like, from Borat or something? It's from I have no idea. <laughs> some kind of pop culture reference that people just ran with. It's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, so. it is. Um, one I'm thinking of that nobody ever uses is boinking. Why am I, <laughs> why am I thinking of all of these things oh that nobody God. uses? Okay, but then there's, like, cuter ones, like the horizontal tango. Oh, yeah. Or, like, shagging. Shagging, yes. Very British. Um, And I I feel like there's even a situation where the absence of a slang word is the slang word, because you can just be really coy and be like, so did you, you know. It makes me think of when you were, like, in middle school and you'd say it. 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 Yes. (laughs) You did it? They did it? (laughs) 
Okay, so I I feel like we're dancing around the big one. Uh, like probably the number one contemporary slang verb meaning to have sex, which of course is. Karina, we are publicly funded here at TV. I know, I know. We'll we'll bleep it. I mean, there's sure. just no way we can leave this word out when we're talking about sex. Yeah, and to be clear here, we're talking about you know the f bomb, right? Um, honestly, f- is a whole episode unto itself, albeit an episode that would be mostly bleeped out. <laughs> um, <laughs> people have written entire books about the word. It's it's one of the more interesting words in the English language. It actually reminds me um, a lot of our episode on the word like in season one, in that it has kind of endless usage applications. Right. Like, we don't just use to mean to have sex. We use it many different ways, just the way that like doesn't just mean similar to. Right. So, uh, is a verb, but it's also an intensifier, like the word very. Like, I like you so much that's an intensifier <laughs> went for a Very positive aggressive. i went for a positive one there um wow. also the word and and derivatives of the word can be used as an adjective or a noun or an adverb or an interjection and mm-hmm. it's also of course uh, this is what makes it a great swear word it's very flexible about being used in compound words like 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 mother mm, or like up yeah or uh <laughs> okay, we got that out of our system. We should probably stop. I guess. Very sorry, TVO. Sorry. <laughs> um, moving on from the F word, why is sex such a fertile ground for slang? Great question. And for that, I wanted to talk to an expert. We've got all these synonyms, and I went to slang's favorite topics, which, surprise, surprise, are sex and drugs and rock and roll. Um, and drink, and insults, and nationalism, and racism, and all sorts of horrible things. But as I always say, slang is not us at our best, it's us at our most honest and human. That's Jonathan Green. He's the leading slang lexicographer in the English-speaking world. He's written a lot of books, but the most well-known book that he's written is Green's Dictionary of Slang, which is kind of his life's work to catalogue every slang word in the English language. I love this. I know. It's a gigantic job. Mm -hmm. Um, It's being constantly updated. And just like slang never stops popping up, Green's Dictionary never stops growing. This is how he described his work to me. Um, What do I do in the day? I get up, I read stuff, I look for slang, and then I put it into a database. But obviously it's not as simple as that. Um, I try to offer examples, which are called citations, of regular chronological uses of the word in question um, from as far back as I can as I can make it. So I'm often looking for if I've got it in 1900. Well, if I'm researching that word, I want it in 1890. Indeed, I want it in 1800. And that's what I'm doing a lot of the time. My problem now is I can't possibly read everything, so I have to do my best. But reading is not all of it, and and, and newspapers are not all of it. What you've got is movie scripts, you've got song lyrics, you've got, you know, be be they rock and roll, be they hip-hop, be they whatever. And, you know, in the end, I'm this single person running as fast as I can behind this enormous wave of wonderful potential material. Doesn't that sound like the best job ever? It does to me. 
It totally does. I think you'd be great at that, actually. Thank you. <laughs> so basically, he's compiling slang words, including words for sex. Yeah, and he also makes these more specialized slang timelines that are pulled from Green's dictionary and grouped by theme. And he has three separate timelines with slang words for sex, penis, and vagina, respectively. <laughs> I feel like I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to grade seven sex ed when we had to just recite <laughs> with a straight face as a full class penis vagina. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, they were like trying to get us used to saying it without giggling and without saying like slang words. Yeah. These three words collectively represent thousands of slang words. Like we so love cool. to talk about this stuff. Like, for instance, um, OK, let's let's do a fun thing. Pick. Yeah. Any date in history from the 1500s till now? Pick a date. Um, I would like to pick, uh, let's do January 1st, 1701. All right. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> They're pretty good. <laughs> All right. Th this is slang for sex as a verb. We've got put the Pope into Rome. <laughs> No. Um, con jobble. Interesting. Dance the reels a bogey. And this, which I don't even understand, poop. <laughs> Just poop. Do you want to hear some nouns? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, we have flirt with a U instead of an I. That feels like very two thousands. Uh, yeah, flirt like like uh like it would be Girl. it would be on a sparkly pink t shirt. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Home gandy. Homagandy. Wow. Uh, pogue, spelt like brogue. <laughs> and uh, flip-flap. That one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to choose another date? <laughs> I sure would. Um, let's do the summer of love. Let's do like July 1st, 1967. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good one. 1967. I have uh, a bunch of verbs. Swing with. <laughs> Ooh, slip her on the blocks. Nope. 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 Uh, Wop it up. Ooh. Play tangle toes. <laughs> do do rudeness. Oh, I love that. Um, score between the posts. Root like a rattlesnake. Ew. Um, and this is pretty straightforward. Beat one's nuts. I hate these. I know. <laughs> Tear off a piece of tail. Oh, gross. No. Part the whiskers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, <laughs> so did you and Jonathan talk about, did he give you any like good examples? Yes. Uh, I did ask him if he had any especially weird ones and he told me mm -hmm. a few. One that caught my attention was Greens. His own last name? <laughs> yeah. Um, greens is slang for sexual intercourse. I'll let him explain it because he's the best at it. Why does greens mean sexual intercourse? And this is one really for the Bible scholars or maybe those who've been to Sunday school or whatever. Because in biblical times, there was this king, Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar, you have to know in the first place, is slang for the penis. Now, I do not know why, but it was one of those many words that were slang for the penis around 1850, whatever. So we've got Nebuchadnezzar as the penis and we've got greens. Why? Because Nebuchadnezzar, when he goes mad, eats greens. 
So we find that Nebuchadnezzar likes his greens and greens becomes sexual intercourse. It's kind of elaborate. So like a tiny bit of history background. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon in like mid 600s BC-ish. And Mm -hmm. he was a real person, but he showed up in a Bible story. And basically he did some bad stuff and he got banished from living among men and, and stripped of his crown. And he went mad, the story goes, and ate grass like an ox. So uh, grass is green, so he's eating greens, and the name is slang for penis, so greens equals sex? <laughs> that feels like such a weird leap. I know, but a lot of slang is, if you think about it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jonathan told me that these slang words for sex or penis or vagina, they all fit into larger trends, what he calls themes that you can track through time. So what you get in, in these long, long lists, if you look at my timelines particularly, you can see that there are themes. And the way the themes work is that whether we like it or not, The majority, say, of intercourse words can be translated into the simple concept of man hits woman. It's not appealing, it's not pleasing, but that is the underlying image. And and the penis, I always call it a, a boy's toy. It's a gun, a knife, a club, a dagger. The vagina, on the other hand, because slang is very much created by by men or if not created by men and it's male point of view in other words male gaze and so the vagina tends to be believe it or not this frightening tunnel you sort of expect indiana jones to be wandering around being pursued by things these images you can find them in 1530 you can find them in 2020 i feel like a lot of the verbs that we have talked about really are like Man hits woman, or just like man does something to woman. Yeah. It's also very heteronormative. Of course. Jonathan actually published an entire book about this topic in 2019. It's called Sounds and Furies. We need to get it. Yeah. And it it basically asks what role women play in slang and slang creation. The conventional assumption had been that women simply didn't speak slang or generate slang and that it was used and made up exclusively by men, which obviously is ridiculous. Well, yeah. I guess the idea is that it's unladylike to use slang. Like, of course women use slang. Um, So Jonathan set out to try to disprove that idea with this book that he wrote. The problem is that there is a historical vacuum, I guess, in terms of recording what women say and think and write, whereas that isn't an issue with men, of course. Uh, Result being that most of the slang Jonathan has recorded through history, especially on the topic of sex, is very male gazy. Yeah, like he says, Mm -hmm. it's a lot about the vagina as a terrifying tunnel. Is (laughs) that what he said? A terrifying tunnel. (laughs) But that totally does suck that there's like a dearth of knowledge about what women were creating. I know. Although one big exception is the flapper era in the 1920s, which is, of course, when women started wearing shorter skirts and cutting their hair short. The stereotypical flapper is kind of brazen and, and floats social norms about what women should or shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of the first well-recorded times that women made up and used tons of slang, including a lot of slang about sex and about the men that they were dating. Here's Jonathan. 
He, when, when she was fond of him, was a snuggle pup or a snuggle puppy. But he's the object of affection. And usually it's the other way round. And, and he's the one who, who she's cuddling like a sort of soft toy or a doll. Now, usually in slang, it's the man is talking about a doll or something involving sweetness. In, in flapper talk, it's completely different, and it's the other way round. There were ones that are to do with sex, neckers, cuddlers, a cuddle cootie who liked to do it in a car, and petters. Barney mugging is one of the weirdest. Barney mugging means necking, and it seems to mix a couple of words. Barney, which meant a jolly social party, and mug, which meant to kiss. A bad kisser gave you a cherry smash. I don't even want to know what that is. It sounds like some kind of disgusting sweetness. Um, that was... He is just such a resource of gibberish words. <laughs> I know, I know. It was truly a pleasure interviewing him. It was great. Okay, so this slang conversation is obviously so much fun, but I think another important part of this conversation about the word sex is how it's often mistakenly used interchangeably with gender. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people aren't clear on that, so I think it's important that we just quickly define those. Yeah, for sure. So sex refers to the biological attributes of humans and other animals, of course. So like chromosomes, genes, hormones, anatomy. Sometimes people will use the expression assigned sex, meaning that's what a doctor assigned you at birth based on, you know, your external genitalia or your chromosomes. And then that, usually a binary assessment, goes on your birth certificate, right? Right. But gender is a lot more complicated than that. So gender identity is like the inner sense one has of being a man or a woman or agender or somewhere else on the gender spectrum. It's also, you know, a social and a legal status. And it's like a construction. You know, gender is a construct. It's a set of rules and expectations about how a man or a woman or a gender nonconforming person should behave. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to note that while gender is not binary, neither is sex. People whose reproductive or sexual anatomy doesn't fit the, you know, the typical male or female are often called intersex. Right. And then just to be clear, sexual preference and orientation is a whole separate piece to sex and gender. And sometimes people will conflate sexual orientation with a gender spectrum or a sex spectrum. Yeah. Everything's a spectrum. It's 2020. <laughs> um, the difference between the word sex and gender is actually fairly recent. Uh, the word gender used to refer almost exclusively to the way we talk about gender in grammar. Right. So uh, how nouns in, say, French or Spanish or Italian can be either masculine or feminine. It's a feature of actually just under half of the world's languages, although English isn't one of them. Right. And then around like the 50s and the 60s, it was repurposed to differentiate, you know, the assigned sex we talked about from gender identity, mainly credited to the work of a controversial sexologist named John Money. Great name. Yeah. And our thinking about this has obviously evolved significantly since Money's work through many different scholars, including Weston Zimmerman, who published a really important article called Doing Gender in the late 80s, which really started the discussion of gender as a constructed performance different than sex. This is like Judith Butler territory as well. Right. And keeping those words distinct has massive implications. Uh, for example, Obama's administration expanded the definition of sex to include gender identity, meaning that people were protected from discrimination based on sex and gender. 
But in 2018, the Trump administration was considering rolling back the official definition of gender to be the determination based on sex organs at birth, unchangeable without genetic proof. Right. So the goal of that is to make sex and gender synonymous. Right. Which would have huge repercussions on the rights and freedoms of transgender Americans. Like, transgender, the word, literally means that someone's assigned sex doesn't correspond with their gender identity. So doing that would basically define them out of existence, right? Right. It's it's really important not to get them mixed up. Cough. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Cough. Yeah. But we do it all the time, right? Like, think about what we call gender reveal parties. Oh, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and they should be called sex reveal parties, which I think sounds a lot ickier when you're uh, a new parent trying to conform your child to a binary. Yeah, it sounds way more creepy. Yeah, and like, sorry to offend anyone out there, but all you're doing is announcing your baby's, like, anatomy? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird once you actually start thinking about it. Truly. I, I think this was a Reddit post that I saw of a couple deciding to do a thing where they just um, either served <laughs> tacos or hot dogs at the, at the party and just let everyone <laughs> slowly figure <laughs> it out for themselves. Oh, my God. I mean, like... Yes, gross. But also, it's it's kind of more accurate. Like, it's more direct than popping a balloon full of blue smoke or pink smoke or whatever. It's just yeah. like, yep, my kid has this set of genitals. <laughs> like, Absolutely. That's the only conclusion we're drawing. Um, Side note, do you remember that news story from, I think, a few years ago when a gender reveal party started a massive forest fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. What did they what were they doing to start the fire again? It was just some sort of pink or blue explosion. And then it was like millions of dollars in damage, not to mention the environmental impact. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um oh, okay. this is like a semi-related fun fact, but if you're figuring out the sex of something, the verb mm -hmm. is just to sex. <laughs> I sex, you sex. Yeah, it's it's used in the context of animals more often for like <laughs> obvious reasons. But like if I were to sex a chicken, I'm just I'm just figuring out whether it's a hen or a rooster. Karina, don't do that. I'm sorry. I wouldn't <laughs> like I that. would never sex a chicken. It's not my job. <laughs> I don't see any reason why I would have to. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the sentence construction there that weirds me out more than like a sex reveal party does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to keep talking about the word sex in a more contemporary usage than like hilarious old timey slang words, mm -hmm. um, something I honestly wonder about is how modernization, globalization, how that all affects sex slang in the 21st century. Like in what way? Like... Okay, so the internet has opened up massive channels of information exchange. So does globalization make slang move a lot faster? Mm. Or maybe it moves faster, but maybe it has a briefer period of use. Like, is the shelf life of slang turning over more quickly because of, like, Twitter or memes or the news cycle? Yeah, I mean, this makes me think of how when we're planning our seasons of Word Bomb, we're often planning them months before the episode launches. And I, I am always worried that something is going to be like overdone or played out or not even like relevant by the time it releases. Yeah, we ha we've had multiple conversations about like, oh, maybe we should record this in this month just in case, <laughs> like just to just kick it down the road so that it's not completely irrelevant. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess on another point, 
There's pretty much never been a time in Western history when women have been as free and informed on things like sex and sexual orientation and gender and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So we're a lot more blunt and open about things now, I think. Like, obvi- I'm not saying that it's perfect, but we can come out and say a lot more than we could before. Yeah. So would that even have like a slowdown effect on slang? The fact that I don't have to be as coy as a Victorian oh. woman <laughs> when I'm talking about something like sex or a, a vagina or a penis? Yeah, you don't need to be as creative to work around it. Right. And just like to continue that thought, we're also a lot more informed about what we shouldn't say, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll watch a movie that was made like five years ago and I'll be like, Oh, my God, we would never say that now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, like, words about women, words about sex, words about race or racialized people. Like, truly about everything. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that affects slang generation as well. Like, what Jonathan said, if a lot of the slang for sex is man hits woman, and if we're being more careful about the roots of our words or where they might come from, maybe that also will slow down our, like gleeful uh, grabbing on to new slang words if they're following those same trends, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to this question. I, I asked Jonathan about it, and here's what he said. In a world of, first of all, PC and the whole phenomenon of being woke, which I'm not using as a derogative, but it's it's useful as a, as a term, and of course, me too. The question is whether slang is going to come under attack or suppression, I don't know. Because I believe, and will go to my grave, believing that slang is us as humans, whether we like it or not, as I always say, not the best us, not the fantasy us, but the real us, slang will always be necessary, it will always be used. I agree with Jonathan. I I think times might change, but nothing will stop us from wanting to... (laughs) Just like make up a funny word <laughs> to allude to something. Nothing will stop us from wanting to use boink to say <laughs> to mean sex. No, and I don't think we've become less creative. I think, in fact, that like I like the point you made before about maybe we've accelerated the adoption and then rejection of new slang words. Like I just think about like Gen Z. They're always coming up with new words. Their sense of humor feels like it changes every day. Yeah, I don't think we're in in danger of in 10 or 20 years, we'll be like, the teens just aren't making up new words. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think that'll happen. No, I think, slang's, I think slang's sticking around. Yeah. I think we can leave it there. Our show is recorded on the traditional territories of many nations, including the Wendat, the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, Métis, and the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Word Bomb is produced by me, Pippa Johnstone. And me, Karina Palmatesta. We'd like to thank Jonathan Green so much for his interview. Yes, we would. Uh, you can follow the show at Word Bomb Podcast on Instagram or at tvo.org slash wordbomb. Thank you to everyone at TVO who makes this show possible. And thank you for listening. <laughs>